In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. My name is Naja Parker, and welcome to HBCU Journeys, a special edition podcast series brought to you by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In this 10-part series, our team of reporters, Rosalind Bentley, Eric Sturgis, and Ernie Suggs, dig into the heart of what makes an HBCU experience so unique through candid interviews with the people who enjoyed them the most. In this episode, we chat with Carlton Riddick, a graduate of Johnson C. Smith University. He's from New York, but he moved to the South for his college experience. Ernie, can you talk about how moving from the North to the South helped his college experience? Well, it was an adjustment for him. I mean, you know, he's, you know, he's a New Yorker. He's from Harlem. You know, that's the heart of New York City, the heart of black America. And uh, to go from Harlem to Charlotte, North Carolina, to go to college was, a, um, was an adjustment, but it was an adjustment that he was able to kind of handle because he had family there. And he also was smart enough to early on embrace other cultures, embrace other cultures of people from North Carolina, from South Carolina, uh, from all over the world. So he was able to kind of adjust. And now he lives in Atlanta. So he's really adjusted to the South. So I think it was a good experience for him. I think it's safe to say that he may love the South a little more than he loves the North now. I don't know if he's a giant fan versus a Falcons fan, but he's <laughs> <laughs> he loves the South. Let's listen to his experience. All right, my name is Carlton Riddick. I uh, graduated from Johnson C. Smith University, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, in 1993. All right, Johnson C. Smith. Yes. I know a lot about uh, Johnson C. Smith. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> so where are you, where are you from? Originally from New York, Harlem. Oh, New York, Harlem. Yes. Okay, uh-huh. so how does one go from Harlem to Johnson C. Smith in Charlotte, North Carolina? Charlotte's a big city, but, you know, That's it's a, not Harlem. That's a good question. So uh, since at about the age of seven, uh, my roots on my mother's side is are from uh, North Carolina. Okay. Charlotte, Charlotte, Mount Holly area. So from about age seven, we used to go to Charlotte all the time, visit relatives, spend like going this, down south, going down south. That's exactly <laughs> what it was called. Every summer we went down south, took the took the Amtrak and went down south. So uh, I always saw Johnson C. Smith because we would ride. My aunt lived um, right by Johnson C. Smith and they would always say, oh, you're going to Johnson C. Smith one day, whatever. You know, like college was always something I was going to do. It was never like an optional thing. Okay. You know, my mother always said, oh, you're going to college. I thought about college, you know, definitely from about sixth grade on. Okay. Did your mother go to college? Yes, she did. Okay. Uh Where'd she go? She went to Hunter College. Okay. So in New York. Yeah. Okay. 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 So I always uh, knew I was going to college. Didn't know where, but I knew that. And they would always joke and say, you know, you would go to Johnson C. Smith. And I didn't want to go there. Uh It's like, I've been to Charlotte so many times. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to go to Charlotte (laughs) of all places. And so... um, uh, I t- it was just something I wanted to do. Okay. Know? So when I got to, uh, I guess my senior year, was it my senior year? Senior year was around when school days, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. jumped off and then you had Cosby uh-huh. jumping off too, a different world. And so I didn't really, I knew about black schools because of Johnson C. Smith, but I didn't really know the depth and the amount of the, how many there were and all that, all uh-huh. that. And I was like, wow. So once I, once I got to, uh, 
that those years, the junior senior year, I started really delving into it because I went to a, a predominantly white high school. Okay, in and, Harlem? Yeah, no, in, actually it was in downtown uh, Manhattan, Xavier, okay. Xavier High School. Okay. Shout okay. out to, to the Knights, though. Okay. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I got a little, I guess a little militant and stuff back in those days. So uh-huh. I was like, I have to go to a black school. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, when my graduating class in high school, um, it was 23 minorities, in air quotes, of course. It was only 23 of us out of 200 and about 240 students. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. in that senior wow. class. So. Uh-huh. It was, and we were all tight. It was kind of, and know, I imagine it's black and Hispanic. Yeah, that was okay. black and black and Hispanic. Okay. Yeah. okay, so you know that was the the driving force. I think of me really investigating HBCUs because uh-huh. I wanted to change, you know, the the environment that I was in. Uh-huh. Um, I think that part of that was me rebelling in high school too because I went to summer school every single year. To catch up? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what kind of student were you? Xavier, was that like a prep school? Yeah, or? Xavier, Xavier's a Catholic school, okay. part of the, you know, New York Archdiocese. Okay. Um, you know, we play, you know, we, in basketball, we played people like Kenny Anderson and stuff, uh-huh. Archbishop Malloy. Archbishop Malloy, stuff, yeah. Uh, Tyler you know, those schools, Cardinal Spellman. Uh-huh. Um, so I think it was just me rebelling. It wasn't like I didn't have the capability. Uh-huh. It was just me rebelling the fact that I had to go to this school. Okay. You know, I didn't okay. want to go. Okay. But my mother forced me to go. Okay. So... Like I said, I went to I went to summer school every single summer, you know, of course. And then when it came down to senior year, um, the way they did it was they brought everyone into a gym uh-huh. and you received your your last grade report. And like that was the moment where you were gonna find out whether or not you were gonna graduate. <laughs> so, I'm sitting, <laughs> so I'm sitting there in the gym like, oh my God. Cause you know, I'm thinking about all the facts that I'm I went to summer school every year, and you know uh-huh. I was just doing barely doing enough to get by and stuff like that. So I was like, "Am I really not going to graduate?" <laughs> <laughs> it finally hit you. Huh? You know what I'm saying? I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, "Whoa!" Okay, so but I did obviously, and um, at the same time I, I applied to four, uh, four, yeah, four HBCUs. Okay, what, what schools did you apply to? You uh, applied to Johnson C. Smith, of course, Hampton, uh, Fisk, and uh, Howard. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was four. Okay. Yeah. Um, honestly, honestly, I wanted to go to uh, Hampton. Okay. Um, Hampton had something interesting going on. Luckily, because of the curriculum at Xavier, um, it was college prep. Okay. So besides having crazy grades, I did well on the SAT. Uh-huh. So I sort of – and it's funny how my life is. I always have, like, one of the things that you need to uh-huh. get by. Uh-huh. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, you're, you were at Xavier. I, I imagine you were just kind of playing around. Yeah. But you knew what you – you knew the work. Uh-huh. You obviously did very well in SAT, so you're yes. college material for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. and my mother knew that, uh-huh. you know, no matter how much I fought it. Uh-huh. So, um, they, somehow Hampton messed up my SATs. Like I had, I got like a ten ten or something on the SATs back then, and they said I had like a seven hundred. So they were oh. like, "Oh, you can come, but you'll be on probation or whatever." I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, "I saw my grade. I knew uh-huh. what I had, you know." Uh-huh. So I was like, "Oh well." And then they came back and said, "Oh well." You, we messed up your SAT scores. We'll give you housing or something. I was like, okay, y'all, okay. I don't know what y'all. I knew it was a party school, so I was like, uh-huh. maybe the administration's <laughs> partying too. You know? <laughs> no, I, I love y'all Hampton, but I'm sorry. I'm just telling you the truth. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, Smith obviously was the second choice, and I went ahead and went to Smith. Okay, said, okay. Let me go. I got family down there. I have like a million cousins down there. My aunts are down there. Um, let me just go to Smith. Mm-hmm. So I went to Smith and, you know, instantly fell in love with the place. Yeah, uh-huh. It was incredible. Um, what well, was good because that year, 
because of my college prep background at Xavier, that year they did a lot of remediation that freshman year because that class, though I was in it, still had like a lower SAT score. And that's the thing I love about HBCUs because at that time the focus was taking people uh-huh. that couldn't really get to college uh-huh. or could barely get to college and then doing something with them. Mm-hmm. And I really learned that mission firsthand. Okay, you know? okay. Because I, I heard that, but I was like, yeah, I can understand that. But, you know, community colleges say the same thing technically. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so I did well that first year. I got on the dean's list the oh. first semester. And I was like, wow, okay. And so once everybody, all my teachers saw that, they were like, okay, this guy, somebody that just needs to apply himself. And I had heard that forever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're just not doing the work. You're just not applying yourself. I know you can do the work. Just not applying yourself. I was like, okay. But my teachers really, really got on me about that. It was like it was like I had a second mother and father. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. when I was there. Uh-huh. Like, because they were on me. And Mrs. Ledbet, I'll never forget her. God bless her soul. I think she retired last year or the year before. But anyway, uh-huh. she was my English lit teacher. Okay, okay. And man, we had to, every class we had to write a paper. A literal paper every in class. the class, every class, and she would give it back to me at the end of class, red as I don't know what, you uh-huh. know, trying to trying to fix it. And I had been used to that because my mother, I would hate to give my papers to my mother because my mother would do the same thing. Uh-huh. So it was like it was like I had my mother again in a class. Uh-huh. <laughs> and ironically, my mother's a teacher too, elementary okay. school okay. teacher. She's retired now. Um, so it was just that whole environment really pushing me the whole time to really apply myself and really go forward and, and do well in school. And, and like I said, what's that first semester hit and I hit the dean's list? I said, well, yeah, I could do this. Uh, you know? Well, you talked about Professor Ledbetter mm-hmm. um, making you write a paper every day in class and giving it back to you in red. Was that an experience that you had had in high school of a, you know, just that intense, um, I don't want to say caring, but, you know, just that intense attention? No, no, see, that, that's interesting. This It was a difference there. Um, we... We were, I wouldn't say we were a number, but, you know, we were just, it was almost like, you know, because of who we were, you know, I'll just say it that way. <laughs> you know, it wasn't uh-huh. the expectations weren't there. Um, so we weren't pushed. We were, I wouldn't say we were pushed. Uh-huh. I mean, of course, we they wanted to make sure we had at least passing grades, uh-huh. but it wasn't that same push, that same urgency. Like, you, you could do this, you know, uh-huh. really did. So what? Uh, so you you came to Charlotte, came down south in the summers as a kid. Mm-hmm. But what was it like, just kind of like coming from Harlem and just being on that campus for four years? You know, I, I went to college in North Carolina as well, mm-hmm. and you know, the New Yorkers would come down there with all their music and <laughs> their clothes and all these slang. So you know, thinking uh, that we're backwards. So you know, yeah. what was your experience? You know, as a New Yorker, yeah, coming we, to Johnson C. Smith. Well, what was good? You know, Smith ironically recruits. Um, heavy in New York, New Jersey area. Okay. I don't know how this D.C., New York, New Jersey, and D.C. and Philly has some good uh, alumni chapters. Okay. So they recruit heavy. And so there was a lot of us there. Okay. So we actually had a New York, like, group freshman uh-huh. year. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it felt like just like we were home still. Uh-huh. You know, we had this whole, like, crew, as we would say back in those days, uh-huh. of New Yorkers. But then, you know, it was interesting because I started – branching out and developing relationships, obviously, with other people from other areas. And I got, you know, an affinity with some of the guys who grew up in, like, say, South Carolina, Sumter uh-huh. area, Augusta, uh-huh. and started, like, noticing their culture and their whole vibe, as you would say, from their area. And so I started just embracing what they were doing, too, you know. Uh-huh. These were the guys, I don't know if you're familiar with the brand Duckhead. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, back in those that. days, yeah, they, yeah. all they wore was Duckhead. <laughs> 
Yeah. We're like, wow, that's kind of cool. You know, we have, of course, we got Tims and uh-huh. jeans and baggy clothes. But I was like, that's kind of cool. You know, polo shirt, you know, uh-huh. khakis and stuff. That's kind of nice, you know. So, so did you uh, start wearing duck heads as well? No, nah, I never wore duck heads. <laughs> I started to keep it New York. I still, I, you see, I still got polo on. So I, did, I switched it to polo. But, okay, okay. Yeah, kind of a midway. Yeah, <laughs> midway point. Uh-huh. So, okay, so you still have family in Charlotte? Yeah, now okay. we uh, most most of my mother's family has passed, including my gr- grandmother. Okay, um, from there, I have some um, cousins, a lot of cousins there uh-huh. now. Yeah, but all of the aunts and stuff that I visited, they've all passed on. Uh-huh. So moving to Charlotte uh, from Harlem, I mean, I guess that was a soft landing for you because you did have family there. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. how'd you end up here, here in Atlanta? Atlanta. So so going back to Smith, Smith, as as, you, as I said, you know, pushed me academically. Um, I had some great professors when I got into my major. My major was computer science. Mm-hmm. And I've always had an affinity for computers since I was about 12. Always played with them, played video games and all that stuff. And then and, um, had an actual Atari computer, you know, when the computers came out. So when I got into my major, I, again, I had professors that took a liking to me and really pushed me. I had Dr. Atia, who, uh, who since passed on. Um, he was one of the major proponents and pushes, push, pushed me to, to go further in my career and go further, you know, and look at getting a master's. And he even wanted me to get a PhD. <laughs> I was like, wow. But just that belief and instilling that in. So I applied um, for fellowships and, and grants. And um, I did a, uh, a internship with NASA because of that uh, two summers. And that part of that fellowship was they actually paid for, for my grad school education. So I came down here to go to Georgia Tech. Um, that's why I came down to Atlanta. But Rewind a little bit when I was on SGA, and t- so that was some of the other things too, like you know, getting involved with student government, you mm-hmm. know, fraternity and stuff like that. Uh-huh. That really continued to just push the confidence level higher, you know, because of those things. So, um, uh, I think it was 1990. Uh-huh. We came down here to go to a conference um, at the Martin Luther King Center. Okay, uh-huh. it was a non student nonviolent um, SNCC conference. Uh-huh. It was. It was. I think it was SNCC, but it was called something else. Okay, but it was a conference where a bunch of college students came, and we came down here and like I fell in love with this place. Okay, that was your first. As soon time as I got off eighty five at North Avenue. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> was like, we got because we got down here to Atlanta, and like I just looked around like every. You know, black person was riding nice, and it wasn't just you know drug dealers and stuff that I saw. Yeah, uh, you know, I'd be yeah. like, these were professional uh-huh. people, uh-huh. and it was everywhere. Uh-huh. I was like, what is going on? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I've heard this was the mecca and all that stuff. Like that. Uh-huh. But to see it firsthand, that's what made me fall in love with the place. So I automatically wanted to come down here and go to grad school. Uh-huh. So that's why I came. And here. you went to Georgia Tech for grad Georgia school. Tech. Got your master's from Georgia Tech. Uh, well, actually, what I did was and this is <laughs> this is the funny thing. Okay. So that was the cusp of the IT. Uh, the IT really ramping up and being a big thing okay. in okay. in in uh, society. So I went to Tech. Tech was on the quarter system, and okay. I came from the semester system, so uh-huh. that was crazy for me. So I transferred over to CAU. Okay, okay. But now as people will say, oh, do you got, so you got your degree from CAU. No. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Okay. I went ahead. I saw everybody making so much money. Uh-huh. Okay, honestly, I have to speak, speak my truth. So I decided to just leave school altogether and start, you know, my career. So I started my career in '96. Um, okay. And I've been uh, 20 year IT plus 20 year plus IT professional now. Uh-huh. So you have then. your own business, or yeah? Well, I have my own business, and I also still work. I still have a, a job, also. Okay. Yeah. Well, how long were you at Georgia Tech? I was at Georgia Tech for about a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. But did you feel that your experience at Johnson C. Smith 
y'all, you left Georgia Tech voluntarily. Yeah. But your experience at Johnson C. Smith prepared you well for Tech? Definitely. Okay. did, other than the fact that they were on a quarter system. because, okay. And it's so funny because now they're on a semester system. Okay, okay. They switched over. <laughs> okay. So I was like, wow. Because, you know, the, the semester system is drawn out. You know, it's, it's a little more slow-paced, whatever. Uh-huh. And when I got there, it was just like, you know. Yeah, pop, pop, that, pop, pop. I was like, whoa, okay, this is like, you know, shoving it down my throat. So I really didn't, really couldn't take that. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents. Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Uh-huh. Are you still uh, connected with Johnson C. Smith? You yes. You go back uh-huh, to Homecoming? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Homecoming every year. Just left Homecoming in, in November, um, October. Um, part of the alumni chapter here. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I love Smith. Uh-huh. So what what was that experience like? I mean, how has that experience at Smith kind of informed your life now? I think the biggest thing is the self-confidence. I think that um, those years at, at in high school, you know, that confidence wasn't there. You know, I was sort of just playing around with life, you know. Okay. I think that the things that the, – the, the years that I spent at Smith um, gave me that self-confidence, gave me the direction, gave me the – the ability to just focus on a goal and, and take tackle that goal and not be worried about what's going to happen, you know, not be afraid of failure, but also being always striving for, you know, success. Uh-huh. And yeah. it, what, it, did it even, when you said that you, um, you came to Atlanta, mm-hmm. that kind of um, courage to kind of go out on your own, yeah. uh, to start your own business, to yeah. start, you know, start doing your own stuff, mm-hmm. that was kind of built at... at yeah, definitely, Street. because that, that's what made me say, hey, I can do this, because... You know, I had that that self confidence because you know some people would say, "Oh man, you know, you had money to go get your degrees or whatever." But I had the confidence enough to say, "Hey, I can go out and do this on my own and not be, you know, worried about you know, oh, I need you know to get this degree." I, although I do want to finish that, but I actually want to get an MBA now. I don't want okay, oh, <laughs> and I plan to go back to tech to get it too. Okay, so I will finish tech just for the record. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. <laughs> You'll be a yellow jacket at some yeah, point. Yeah, I'm, I'm a yellow jacket now. I can't stand Georgia. Yes, I said that on the way. But, yeah, I think that's what Smith did for me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. It, it definitely did that. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, John C. Smith, um, as I said, I went to North Carolina Central. Yeah. So, so Central. at the time, we were in the CIAA yeah. when I was there. So we played y'all in football and uh-huh. basketball, and we beat y'all. Yeah. Half and, ba- the time. and basketball, I don't know, but <laughs> football definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and John C. Smith is a good school. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the um, top um, HBCUs in North Carolina, one of the top HBCUs in the country. So, Mm -hmm. something to be proud of. Yes, as uh, you know, especially being around. What is it like being here in Georgia, in Atlanta, with you know the AU Center? You know, everybody's talking about Morehouse and Spelman and Clark, and and (sighs) it's like, hey, I went to John C. Smith. (laughs) Say this nicely. I'm trying to find a nice way to say this. So while I was at Smith, I was on, uh, they have this thing called a Honda Campus All-Star. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. quiz. Yeah, quiz. the quiz bowl. Uh-huh. So I was on the team for Smith, and we went to um, the quarterfinals or whatever. And um, we actually went to the finals one year, but this year we was at the quarterfinals. We ran into Morehouse. Uh-huh. 
And it was not a good experience. <laughs> you know, and it was just so, I, I just felt a lot of arrogance, and, you know, all that from them. Uh-huh. And so, like, when I came into Atlanta, I was ready to see, like, these guys are like this. Because all I remember was that experience, right? So uh-huh. I was like, the AUC, like, you going to come down here, it's going to be like this gleaming Emerald City. And I was like, <laughs> man, this ain't even like Smith. <laughs> so I'll be, I guess. You know, that was just a funny experience I had with it. But, I mean, I was still impressed with the legacy, especially of Clark Atlanta, because um, one of our uh, beloved uh, former presidents, Dr. Yancey, um, she went to Atlanta University. Uh um, And I I got to know her very well while I was at Smith. Uh And so I always had that love for Clark Atlanta. And now she's at, um, she's a consultant or in the board of trustees at Morehouse now, She's a consultant. Yeah, she's, um, they do like higher education, uh-huh. hiring, and stuff like that. Dorothy Calzer Yancey. Yes. Yeah. Dorothy, yeah. Dorothy yeah. Yancey, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so you are, let's go back a little bit. So, you were kind of a nerd in college. You were on the quiz bowl team? <laughs> I was the cool nerd, though. I was the cool nerd, though. Okay. So what you what you would have never known I was a nerd, though. I mean, <laughs> from outside looking in, you'd never know that. But uh-huh. see, I always, see, one strategy I figured out when I got on the dean's list that first semester was if I went. To class, if I went to after class, went to the library in between that time, um, where most people just chill and wait for the party. Uh-huh. I went to the library, did all my work, and did all my study, and then so then I could just do whatever I wanted to do. Okay, <laughs> so I still got my work done. Well, uh-huh. everybody else was trying to cram and get all this work done like on Sunday. Uh-huh. When Friday hit, I hit the library, and then I did then I did all my parties. So, uh-huh. you so you're on the quiz bowl team. You pledged um, while you were there. Yep, yeah, I pledged Alpha. Um, was on the quiz bowl. I was in SGA. Uh, it was honor societies, just all that stuff. Uh-huh. So you mm-hmm. really, really embraced uh, college life. Mm-hmm. You know, you embraced what Johnson C. Smith had to offer for you. Yeah, uh-huh. when Watch a Different World, I think opened that up too. That's why I love, um, you know, those those two series. Uh-huh. You know, because Different World really showed me what you can experience at a black school. Uh-huh. I mean, you really saw it was a full, you know, between that and school days, you really got to, you know, see what. That life was about at that time. Uh-huh. You know, of course, it was nice to be. It would be nice to see Spike update school days into what it is like now because yeah. it's a different life now. But so I wanted to feel all that. So uh-huh. I jumped, you know, headfirst in the whole lifestyle. Uh-huh. Was there, it, was it a was was there a part of you? You know, you said watching those shows, and you mentioned earlier that um, when the first time you came to Atlanta, you saw people with big cars mm-hmm. who um, who got the stuff legitimately. Yeah. You know, I, I mm-hmm. think you implied like you know. Yeah. Who got it not hustling or whatever. Right. Growing up in New York, you saw a lot of that kind of stuff. So uh-huh. did you see and your mother was a teacher, so I'm sure you you went to a private school. So you probably grew up differently, but was Johnson C. Smith an opportunity for you to say, Okay, I can leave New York City, I can, you know, there's something out there for me that's better than perhaps what some of my friends or, you know Well I would say a little bit, I think more of um this is this is going so I'm gonna go backwards a little bit. My grandmother was a quote unquote domestic worker or whatever. You know okay. they don't like the word maid now. Uh-huh. So she she cleaned a lot of houses downtown Manhattan. Okay. So uh, and I'll never forget one experience. And I used to help her in the summer too before we would go down south. One experience was I went to uh, this apartment with her. It was on 81st, uh, right in Central Park West. Okay. Okay. So we get on the elevator, and the elevator goes up to a door and I had never seen that before in my life the elevator goes up to a door uh-huh. just that door no other door and then you open that door and the whole floor was the, the apartment okay <laughs> so I was like whoa what is this uh-huh. so I think the exposure to seeing how other people live uh-huh. 
started that. That was like the seed because she would take me with, wherever she went. She always cleaned houses in nice places. Okay. She always did that. So I think that was the seed that was planted. And so then when I got to Smith, Smith like watered that seed. Uh-huh. You know, like really blossomed up and say, hey, I can go out and live the same type of life I've seen other people live uh-huh. and not worry about anything. Uh-huh. So do you, what advice would you give someone who's, um, you know, in high school? I don't know if you mentor any kids or anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, we do. Uh, in terms of, you know, they're looking for colleges, what advice do you give them? Um, of course, I always tell them about HBCUs, okay. um, depending on, you know, the kid. But uh, most of the time I normally do because I, I look at the potential of the child, and if the child is not reaching his potential, I know that if they went to the right environment, uh-huh. And I and I believe that at HBCU is that right environment that that would push them to go over the edge and really succeed in life. So mm-hmm. I normally tell them about HBCUs just to expose them. It's because I believe that when we have kids and we're trying to mentor them, the the key is exposure. Uh-huh. You know, we just had our, our mentoring session through our chapter on Wednesday, and one of the things we were talking about was goal setting. So, but even the concept of setting goals, having dreams. Like that's that's exposing them to something that they might not get at home. You know, mm-hmm. somebody at home might not be talking about. Okay, you need to set goals. You need to write your goals down. They need to be specific and have deadlines and stuff like that. They're probably not, uh-huh. you know, for the most part. They're probably not. So that exposure. So I like to expose them because some kids have never heard of an HBC. Sure. You know, yeah. so yeah. I know they hear about all the other colleges, and, and that's easy for them. But I want to say expose them to the other side. Mm-hmm. Too. And I'm sure you're exposing them to Johnson C. Smith. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like uh-huh. at my school, I was so impressed. My sons go to the school here, and they – they have Johnson C, that Johnson C. Smith banner on the wall. Oh, are they in elementary school or middle school? <laughs> yeah, it's middle middle and high school. Okay. And they have uh, all the colleges up there, but they, they have Johnson C. Smith right there at the top. Uh, did you and I didn't a, put that there. You didn't put it there? It was there, so that was like a sign, like, they need to go here. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. so it was good. Uh-huh. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming by. Yeah, and, um, you. you know, what What are you working on? Are you working on anything? or? Uh, We're doing a lot of uh, investing now. So, uh, okay. obviously, in Bitcoin and um, – Doing some stock investing, forex trading, stuff like that. Okay, yeah. all right, and um, and still following uh, the what is it, the Golden Bulls? Yes, the Golden <laughs> Bulls. I, I just we just came in. Our Lady Golden Bulls just came and beat C, uh, Clark Atlanta in basketball. Uh, uh-huh. Was that last week? Uh huh. Week before last. You were at the game? Yes, I was. Okay, at the you game. cheered. You uh, had on your had on my John C. Smith sweatshirt. What is it? Y'all, y'all blue and gold, right? Blue and gold. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was it was a nice crowd. We had about uh, twenty five people there for, for the Golden Bowl. Okay. Okay. Well, good good luck with everything and and y'all's basketball uh, season this year. Yeah, CIAA. Yeah, the ladies won last year. So. Oh, the ladies won the CIAA yeah. last year. Yes. Okay. Last How the men did? The men uh, came in third. Okay. I think since Central left the CIAA, you guys are oh, now the no. you guys are now the powerhouse. No, we've had many championships <laughs> <laughs> in basketball. You know, shout out to Steve Joyner. Okay. Yeah, okay. Coach uh, Joyner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for coming by, All and right. uh, I really appreciate it. All right. Well, I'm Carlton Riddick, and this is my HBCU journey. In our next episode, we meet Wayne Hayden, a graduate of Southern University. He's a white student who made the HBCU his home. And to read more about HBCU graduates and our whole series, log on to myajc.com for a full array of stories, videos, charts, and photos about the history and fate of America's black colleges. I'm Nadja Parker. We'll catch you on the next episode. And thank you for listening to HBCU Journeys. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. 
It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Oh,